Okay, it is Bourbon Blog Live uh, at a on a. This is a Wednesday night, Whiskey Wednesday, and we we're calling this. Uh, my good friend Alan and I, wrestlers and whiskey. It's Alan Bishop, the uh, head distiller and uh, alchemist at Spirits of French Lick. How's it going there, uh, Alan? It's going awesome, man. It's 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 been a good day. I had a had a meeting earlier today with uh, Bill and Eric Owens of the American Distilling Institute and my buddy Brian Cushing down at Locust Grove, and uh, some exciting things came out of that. And just finished up uh, part one of a two part recording with Eric Wolf from Stolen Wolf on Distillers Talk. So ah, I've, very nice. I've got, to, I've got to geek out all day. So well, well, and we're we're ending. I know you're a big wrestling fan, as am I. And uh, it looks like. Andrew is re-logging back in, and I think that uh, uh, Kevin will be logging in in a moment. But fun thing, we sent both of these guys, Andrew Anderson and Kevin, some uh, some whiskey. And here he is. It's Andrew Anderson, the reinforcer. How's it going, Andrew? How are you? I think Kevin is having some technical difficulty because he's unsupervised at home, and his wife does most of his technical stuff. So I don't think we're going to be having him he keeps facetiming me but every time he facetimes me he cuts out over here and uh i'm doing it from my phone i'm not doing it from a laptop well, i'll keep watching in case he um yeah i think you gotta you gotta re-message him the i sent him the i sent him the link on his text so but right now i'm just opening up my bottle as we speak nice well i'll open it too and andrew i know you um you're a big fan of whiskey you sometimes do the cigars we already know that Alan and I like a good cigar and uh, uh, sometimes and some whiskey. So we all have similar interests. Uh, Alan was watching the show with Maddie Rock and I on our Cigar Saturday a few weeks ago. And he said, you know what? Let's send these guys some whiskey. Let's have a let's have a tasting. So, Alan, thanks for doing that. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm all about it. I'm a, I'm a, a, a huge wrestling dork so uh you know I've, I've 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 grown up with it and i love it and uh this is this is awesome i've been been trying to trying to find a way to uh you know bring distilling and, and wrestling together in some some way shape or form in my career uh you know for for a while because i always make the joke that uh being a distiller in this day and age where people want to actually meet the people the people that make their whiskey for some reason is not <laughs> it's not dissimilar to pro wrestling in many ways where you're playing a character. It may be you, but you're just amping the shit out of yourself so that you can you can fit whatever their expectation is. Well, let me put it this way. I will amp the shit out of whatever you want me to plug. So, nice. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. And that's the whole thing. A lot of lot of a lot of the wrestlers in the old old days, and I'm not gonna say knock any of the younger guys, but nowadays the younger guys don't go out, they don't go to the bar afterwards, they don't have they don't you know, they, they all look at it as a vice while we look at it now as more of a relaxing, you know, um, um, after the, the, the all the hype and the glory of being out there and uh, wrestling in front of the crowd and getting all, all, all your, your, your nerves up to a fever pitch because you want to put on the, the best show possible. There's nothing better than to kick back in a bar, relax, or even in your hotel room with a bunch of your friends, the guys you just work with, and just sit down and have a glass of bourbon. Have a beer, cold beer, a glass of bourbon, a cigar, and uh, oh, yeah. in some cases, um, what's legal in New Jersey now? Marijuana. Have a joint, you know. Relax. All right. You know that that that's that's always been my way of, of of kicking back and doing it. And you know, a lot of these younger kids, they want to sit in their hotel room, play their video games, or you know, do their own thing. And to me, that you know, hanging out with the guys, having a glass of bourbon, having some good alcohol, was always the way to kick back and relax. And you know. You, you, having a few glasses is not abusing alcohol. Nope. Not at all. Not at all, man. And it's actually, from what I understand, it's actually pretty good for you. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And it, you guys, I would think, uh, you know, I, in my opinion, I would think you would almost have, it seems like you would, first of all, the camaraderie is a big part of things. And I think that, that most industries suffer from there not being camaraderie like there used to be. But I would think wrestling in particular, uh, definitely. How's it going, Kevin? You made hey, it! Hey, What's guys. up? Uh, What's up? Master has figured out technology. <laughs> keeping, keeping, it isn't figuring out technology; it's figuring out how to spell my own name. Well, you're, you're, it's, you, uh, Kevin Sullivan, ladies and gentlemen, now on, and uh, now, now we have. Hey, it's it, there's four of us. We could almost do a tag team, but our tag. Yeah. I think it, 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 what do you say? 
Well, then, well, uh, let's you know what? We, we, we might as well. It, it would be a three-man tag team. Kevin will manage us. Because after all, <laughs> Kevin, right. Kevin is the prince of darkness, and he's he'll be he'll, he's the the greatest mind in professional wrestling. And I and I ain't sucking up too much, to am I, Booker man? <laughs> no, he is the greatest mind in professional wrestling, bar none. And uh, I think that uh, a lot of people are finally realizing that after seeing the accomplishments that alongside um, uh, former WWE WWE Hall of Famer and uh, former WWE General Manager Teddy Long. Now the general manager of SW Fury, along with Kevin, along with James Beard, who Tom Fisher, you met. Yes. They managed to turn a small company around into a, into a viable contender for the the the, the throne. Oh right? yeah. Nice. Thank well, you, you guys, guys, you've been doing some great stuff lately. You just what, what Fury was what a few weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago, right, Andrew? Uh, two yeah, about two two and a half weeks ago, uh, April twenty second. My question oh, yeah. is: Did you uh, did you did you have to uh, ask any of the dark spirits for uh, for help getting the uh, getting the old uh, phone up and going there to jump on the show, Kevin? Sometimes when I ask the dark spirits for help, they tell me to go take a jump in the lake. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Let me tell you something. Sometimes the dark spirits have headaches too. I can't believe it. It was all. With all my power, I can't get them to roll over. <laughs> I, I feel you, man. My my dark spirits gave me a headache this morning, so I <laughs> seem. It seems to happen to those of us in the industry, and probably in the wrestling industry as well. Are we starting with Maddie Gladden? What do we want to start with, Alan? Which one do you like? Actually, actually, all I have is the Maddie Gladden right now. Okay, we'll start with that one then. Hell yeah, yeah. Let's let's go there because, uh, and I, I think you guys will like the. Uh, you like the story on this one. I'll give you the short version of it, but uh, well, and this could have been give you the quick version of it. You yeah. you sent us two bottles each, yep, and a, a bunch of lovely paperwork on it, which I read and read up on 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 my distilling and uh, on the French Lick wines and the French Lick spirits. And Kevin got the same package and everything like that. We're still waiting for our T-shirts. So <laughs> gotcha, <laughs> a two X and an XL over there. But in the meantime, um. Kevin, a funny story about Kevin. Kevin had a party at his house, and somebody had uh, used the spirits as part of the party favors for everybody, right, Kevin? Yeah, I hid them. I hid them. And they found them. <laughs> so, so my wife wanted to be a big shot. Oh, these are very, very good. She went through like she was giving an exhibition in a museum. These are very distilled. Oh, yeah. It was the hit of the party, though. It was, pro it was the best drink you had all night, right? It, it definitely was. Guys. It definitely was. I gotta tell you, the Maddie Gladden is 100 proof? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything we do is bottled and bond at this point, unless it's a single barrel. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in that old school uh, bottled and bond, 100 proof, four years old, at least four years old thing. I think that that's, uh, that's, a, that's a mark of quality on the... Uh, you know, on the on the craft side of things, that the craft distillers have got to have got to, to take ownership of. It's delicious. It's smooth. Yes. Very smooth. Very yeah. smooth. Well, Very it's got. I'll tell you, tell you, man. It's it's got a it's got a hell of a story to it. And if you guys, it, this if this this should she Maddie Gladden should have been a pro wrestler because this story, like you couldn't pay a head writer or have have anybody make this story up. She was. Um, she was a madam of a brothel here in Salem, Indiana, which is a little conservative railroad town in the late 1800s. Uh, she had originally worked for uh, Mr. Lee Sinclair, who we named the other whiskey after, and ran off with one of his business associates when she was 15. A couple years later, she opened two brothels, one in Nashville and uh, one in Chattanooga. Uh, she gets married again shortly thereafter. Somehow they get divorced. Um, she basically becomes the prominent madam for... P.T. Barnum of circus fame wow. uh, decides that she's going to retire from the, uh, the quote unquote, uh, whoring business. Uh, and, and when she does, he gives her a ton of money as sort of a, uh, <laughs> a thank you and goodbye. She moves back to Salem with, uh, this gentleman, um, Percy Gladden, who was from New York and, uh, on their marriage certificate, he, he calls himself a quote unquote cowboy. Now, how the hell you're a cowboy from New York? I don't know how that works. But uh, he was pretty, pretty nasty character. Ran, uh, ran a couple different taverns in town. Uh, also ran the first motion picture theater in town. 
They're married, have a super volatile relationship. She starts building this huge Victorian-style Queen Anne house. Uh, of course, all the ladies in town are like, well, she's going to start a brothel, and she denies it and denies it. And then as soon as, as, soon as the house is built, she opens a, a high-end brothel for Chicago businessmen traveling by train. Wow. And, yeah. Uh, you know, at that, that time in Salem, there weren't any laws on the books that said you couldn't run a, a whorehouse on Main Street. So she got away with it for about seven years. She and she and Percy were divorced. Uh, he left for Chicago, came back about a year later, tried to break into her house, and she shot him underneath the left eye out of the second story window on the back side of the house. And uh, she must have really had something going because they were married again a year later. So, oh, God. Hell of a story. Relatives. Does this remind you of any wrestler? This could be a wrestler, I think. It really, she could, she could have been. Some of the stories about Wahoo. <laughs> yeah, this this is uh, one of those stories that is too fantastic not to believe. I mean, this is right. uh, uh, this is one of those stories where you have to believe it. Yeah. Well, let me let me tell you, uh, guys, one of the things. So th there's two things that have influenced me in life. And pro wrestling is, is one of the huge ones and music is the other. And one thing that I do with these products that I that I love doing that Kevin plays off exactly what you you did with with your career and playing into that 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 whole darkness and mysticism thing is when we say spirits of French Lick, it's not just the spirits uh, in the bottle. It's the spirits of the local place. Right. And so I, I consider telling these stories and using these names. It's a form of necromancy, right? We're bringing yeah. these people back that nobody's heard of. Nobody knew who Maddie Gladden was in New Orleans until about a year ago. And now people in New Orleans are mentioning Maddie Gladden's name as though, you know, they grew up hearing that story themselves. And to me, I think that's uh, that's cool. You've got to you've got to abide by those spirits and help bring them back to the forefront. You know, that's right, right up there in New Orleans with John Lafitte. The pirate. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, so, that's so many good stories, though. I mean, this it's it's I, I love what you've done as a historian, as a distiller, and alchemist, uh, uh, Alan. You know, bringing these stories back, showcasing uh, a great spirit. Is there anything about this whiskey? Of course, I know at, at Kevin Sullivan's party, it was in high demand, just like I'm sure Maddie Gladden was back in her day. But is there anything else that uh, that it would be like the flavors that you thought about Maddie Gladden? What what reminded you of Maddie Gladden for this whiskey? Yeah, man. So I always figured it like this. Uh, if I was going to name a whiskey after a woman, it had to be the right woman and it had to be the right whiskey. Right. So right. that had to be a woman that could go toe to toe with any man of her time. Right. And and be on that business level and be successful of her own accord, have her own money. Uh, she was she was literally such a badass that she had a safe that was hidden, built into the house underneath the stairwell, had a false panel on it. And when the owners bought the house and restored it, they found this false panel and it was still wired to an alarm that went off in her bedroom. So she knew if anybody was messing with her money. Um, and I thought, you know, I don't want to make uh, I don't want to make a lighter style whiskey for this. I want this to be, you know, big, heavy duty, uh, bold, uh, high rye. And, you know, most people when they talk high rye, they're talking 15, 20 percent. We went 35 percent. If you're going to call it high rye, go completely. Absolutely. You know, and go high rye with it. Absolutely. Um, but the, the two. The characters always have to complement the whiskey, and the whiskey always has to complement the characters. And the way that that usually starts is, uh, you know, I'll have maybe a list of characters that I want to pay tribute to, and then sit down, look at them, look at their story, only use verifiable facts from their stories. I don't ever try to, to lie about anything that they did in real life. Just use things I can prove. And then it, then it moves into this other stage of, all right, what's it taste like? All right, and then because I, I, I learn in a very strange way, my brain immediately goes to what does it sound like? And so I'll make a, a playlist of songs, right? Uh, almost like wrestling theme music, you know, entrance music. I'll make a playlist of songs. And this is this is what this whiskey sounds like. And that, to me, translates into taste. So, yeah. I like that. I like that. Nice. nice. I love the flavors. I love it. It's, it's, there's some beautiful spices, beautiful fruit. Uh, it has this nice, like, pie crust, but against, like, it's just it's it's kind of dessert like but but good but good backbone too. I just I love this. It's so mm -hmm. nice. The mouthfeel is is the big thing that I'm I'm big yeah. on because whiskey can taste good and smell good. If it doesn't have a good mouthfeel to it, it's not oh. a very good whiskey. It's 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 very 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 good. It's very flavorful. It's not too smoky. You know what I'm saying? Right. That that 
that oak cask flavor or you know the the burnt wood flavor this does not this is just perfect and it's yep. strong yet it's smooth yeah so, we we, um, tr we try to keep that keep the cask under control because that's kind of the motto is respect the grain that idea that that that, that grain has positive aspects that no matter how old that whiskey gets I want you to taste the positive aspects of those grain in balance with the wood. So we even use just a number two char barrel instead mm -hmm. of a three or a four. And that gives us a little more of that lightness and a little more of that, you know, those, those fruity esters get a chance to kind of shine through uh, in a way that they ordinarily wouldn't. Wow. I think we lost it. Yeah, we may have lost. Uh, yeah. Kevin, Kevin went for another, he, he's trying to find that bottle of whiskey, which we know is drunk, but I'm sure he'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's probably what he's doing. So so you um there at Spirit to French Look. I know it's available in Indiana. People watching this from all over the world. Uh, where can people find this this one and the next one? Where can you? Uh, where's the best place to find it? So uh, we've got distribution: um, Kentucky, uh, Missouri, uh, Illinois. I think we're looking at going into Tennessee. We're in Texas, and Texas has been a, a huge, huge, huge state for us. Um, there's been some in, uh, I believe, uh, North Carolina and South Carolina. Um, and then, you know, for people who are looking for shipping, you can go to sillbox.com. Um, those guys usually offer shipping to 30 plus states. And uh, he also, Blake, gets a lot of uh, uh, one off barrels from us, a lot of single barrels and a lot of, uh, of odd things and, and really gets a, a good selection. So he's he's even right now getting a hold of some casks of stuff that we haven't even released uh the mainline product for yet, like the rye whiskey and things like that. Um, so it, it's out there. And I, I think altogether we're in like nine different states now. Um, it, it's grown faster and farther than I, than I, than I imagined it would by, you know, we're just now in year five of distilling uh, as of April, but I'll tell you, we're, uh, we're having a hard time uh, keeping up because it, it's, it's moving so fast. I mean, we literally, we sold out of Maddie once this year. We sold out of Lee Sinclair once this year. Turned around. I dumped 30 more barrels of both of them. We're completely sold out of, of Sinclair again. And uh, wow. And we're almost out of Maddie again. But we're getting, we are getting ready to roll out um, William Dalton, which is our weeded bourbon. We just bottled that. And then wow. uh, Morning Glory, which is a, a buckwheat bourbon uh, oh, we just this week. So now, now is, is, would the buckwheat bourbon be a lot sweeter than the other ones or? Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. It's it's a uh, it's almost got like a, a toasted note to it because we do uh, some toasted buckwheat in there, some kasha. Um, so it it's it's kind of hard to explain really what the flavor is because it's so off profile from any of the other mainline bourbons that are out there. It's almost like a never kind of a toasted of almond sort of flavor. Yeah, I never heard of it. Mm -hmm. It sounds it sounds so. Good. What's now? When are those both going to be out? And what are the mash bills on this? What are we looking at? So the 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 weeded and the buckwheat both should be out in the next two weeks. I usually like to let things kind of bottle rest for a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, the mash bill on that weeded. That's the only real traditional mash bill that we make. That's the old uh, APH Stitzel mash bill. So it's uh, uh, seventy percent corn, twenty percent wheat, ten percent malt. Uh, we switch out the regular distiller's malt with uh, with a little bit of a uh, caramel malt, and of course double pot distill. So even though it's the same mash bill as say. Uh, Makers or Pappy or, or Weller or any of those weeds, we've changed it up using you know obviously different charred wood number two you know char, uh, two different yeast strains and then that 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 brewer's malt really brings a whole new dimension of flavor to it. The buckwheat honestly and I, I bet Tom this may be the first time that any distiller that you've talked to has ever tried to back off of the ego thing yeah. and say uh, <laughs> I wish I had that mash bill memorized but. <laughs> But it's such a funky proportion of stuff that I can't right. remember what the mash bill is. <laughs> That's why. To, but it's a bourbon with some of that buckwheat in it. You need to write. <laughs> you need to write some crib notes on your on your uh, on your wrist over there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I'll you know what I'll do. I'll uh, I'll, I'll write the notes. But then I'm all, I'll just whenever somebody asks that question, if I don't have the notes, I'm at least going to start carrying a little blade with me. Yeah, just, just give it a little, give it a little gimmick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give it, give, give it a little color, and uh, you know, people forget that. But why, watch your head bleed? I, I don't know. <laughs> just kick it, and then you know, that's the best way to do it. Or you, or you could, or you could text me the crib notes, and I'll, I'll read them off as you, uh, and I'll keep them written down somewhere, and I'll help you out. 
Yeah, man. I, I'll just get you come over here to the house, and you can come over and give me a chair shot. And- <laughs> so the, that'd be great. We'll just give you a chair shot and then take over the podcast for you. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you, you you tell everybody, listen, like this, this little this little asshole here, he didn't steal any of this. I've been I've been doing this behind the scenes the whole time, and you didn't even I, know what doing at all. But Tom Fisher, right. Tom Fisher's he's the dirtiest player in the bourbon game. He'll give you that thumb to the eye. That's right. I have I have some of my moves. You know, I have my 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 whiskey moves ready. He's got his. He's got the, the, he's got the, the eye rake. He's got the thumb to the eye. He's got the ball shot between the legs. You got yeah. you got to you, you got to gimmick it though. You got to do like the thumb shot is uh, the cork pop. The cork, right? Yeah, the corkscrew. That, oh, that's right. These could be new wrestling names, but but inspired by whiskey terms, right? Yep. Yep. You know what I'm thinking is is Tom Fisher's Tom Fisher's the uh, he's the, he's the mic guy, right? So, but you got to have you got to have like a, a three way managerial mic thing going on here, where you got Tom Fisher, uh, Jimmy Hart, and then I'm gonna throw Jim Fournette in there just because I like to listen to him rant. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably yeah. I probably won't be fighting. I would probably be happy to be the the announcer. I would be okay with that, especially if uh, I can have some whiskey in one hand, mic in the other. That'd work. I have never seen Jimmy Hart t- touch alcohol. Mm. Huh. Never seen wow. Jimmy touch alcohol. I've never seen him so much as have a swig of beer. Wow. Truth be told. Truth be told. It, and I've found Jimmy a lot over the years. Is he, is he like, so I, I know obviously a lot of times with, you know, with wrestling and you're, you're kind of amping up your natural character, right? But is, is Jimmy Hart like that? Jimmy Hart time? like that all the time. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. There we go, baby. He's just that. Hart is 100% legit. That's he is. Uh, he is. He's not an extension of his character. He is his character. He is um, a character. That's yeah. awesome, man. Like Kevin, what about Kevin? I don't know where he went to. Where he disappeared. Um, he looked like he was falling asleep off the camera. He was disappearing, <laughs> tilting. But um, but uh, you know, I mean, it's he is he is just um, totally the opposite of what he plays in the ring. You know, right? Kevin is totally the opposite. Kevin is totally just he's a he's a historian. Um, he's a very well-read individual. He's, uh, he's not your, uh, not your typical wrestler that you would expect. He's one of the smartest men you'll ever meet. He can have a conversation. I call him the Cliff Clavin of professional wrestling. He knows a little bit about everything. So, yeah. well, he's, you know, Kevin's always been one of those guys that w- me as a, me as a kid, you know, loving wrestling, growing up with it. Kevin has always been one of my favorites because of, the theatricality of, of what that character was and what it could do. And I don't think, I think he's starting to get the credit he deserves for that. But oh. man, some, some of these guys, I mean, no, 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 Kevin Sullivan, no undertaker, no Kevin Sullivan, no Bray Wyatt at this point, you know, he's, he's the one that started that whole thing that, and that, that thing that as a kid, you're almost afraid of, but you're curious about it. Yep. You want to know more about it. It's opening doors uh, maybe sometimes for better or worse, but you know, it gets your attention. You're paying attention to it and you're going, well, Hey, hey maybe some of this shit's real. When he portrayed the Prince of darkness, people look in his eyes and they would wonder, is he really, really that fucking crazy? To this day, still think he worships the devil, you know, right. he, he's an Irish Catholic for God's sake. He's a yeah. cool boy. <laughs> I hate to say, for, think of him in a Catholic uniform or or, um, or or tormenting the nuns in uh, parochial school up in Boston. Oh, no, that's that's great. So we have a lot of wrestling fans watching The Four Roses says, this is taking me back. I watch Kevin Sullivan and, and the Anderson brothers every week when I was a kid. Alan Bishop has finally arrived. Uh, a lot of people enjoying uh, wrestlers on tonight, drinking whiskey. Any questions for Alan, for a- Andrew, for anybody? And me too. Uh, ask them down below. Uh Andrew, if you were going to ever have your own uh, whiskey, uh, what would you want it to taste like? What would you, if what would, what flavors? What would you want? Well, I definitely want to happen. You would want a hint of caramel and a hint of vanilla. Hint of vanilla, hint of caramel, hint of caramel. That would be would 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 be one of the things. Maybe even a, a roasted honey type of flavor, almost like oh yeah, like Alan talked about with the buckwheat, almost like an almond type. You know, yeah, you know, so. Um, there's a there's a great malt out there that you can pull that out of too called honey malt. It's a brewer's malt and it really pulls those honey flavors to the forefront, man. And you could take uh, you could take uh, a normal you know rye bourbon mash bill at 21% rye and drop uh, drop that honey malt in there and uh, really really push that flavor profile to the forefront. Yeah, I'm 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 big on like I'm I'm not big on like the sweet. I used to I used to like trying like 
stuff like Fireball whiskey or Jack Fire and Jack Honey. But the that syrupy flavors, I never really liked flavored whiskey to a degree. That that would make you sick before it got even drunk. I mean, I, I'm not a fan. Um, you you remember Tom when I was I, I was um, sampling the the Maker's Mark Mint Julep, right? That, yeah. That wasn't that. That wasn't that rich and 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 that syrupy like some of the others. Like Fireball whiskey, I, I, it's it's it, it's good to to try and have one shot, but but two shots is too much. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it's not a sipping. It's not a sipping kind of a whiskey like 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 the Maddie Gladden, you know, or or the Sinclair. I mean, or even 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 any any of the other other brands of whiskey out there. I mean, it's something that. I, I, but I'd like something with a little little flavor to bring out my characters you know what i'm saying my character yeah what i yeah. what i in, in 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 a malt in a bourbon yeah yeah that's that, that see that would be a whole fun thing too for for you know creative types and, and of course that's what i love about about pro wrestling on top of it is is you know the the theatric part of it uh you know and and the balance between that and the athleticism but being able to build a product based on character traits you know what i mean that's 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 cool stuff it's like making a playlist you know it's 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 representative, and, and you guys know this. I think one of the things that's uh, super important to, to all pro wrestlers and, and to pro wrestling fans, and maybe the fans don't even realize how important it is, is that is that theme music, your intro music, how much that the music alone tells you about the character that's coming onto your screen and into your house and what they represent and who they are and what they do. Um, you know, and a whiskey, a whiskey made for uh, for any kind of pro wrestler like that would have to fit that profile. It would have to it would have to be representative of that person and that character. Right. Yep, I agree. I agree. Now you have like like different wrestlers. I like remember when the, the Road Warriors used to come out to Iron Man, and then later on in the WWE they came out their own to uh, What a Rush, you know? Yeah. McMahon's voice saying What a Rush, you know? Right. Um, right. I mean, uh, that- it it it's it's it would be just um it's it's like once you heard Iron Man, you knew the Road Warriors from Black Sabbath coming out. You knew the Road Warriors were going to come running out. Once you heard. Uh, Rick Flair's theme music, you know, you know they were coming out, you know. Oh, yeah. Or even, even the the number of, uh, and I probably, you know, at the, at the age I was, I probably shouldn't have been watching it, but but you know, my parents are all good with it. But you know, even the old ECW days when when they were using popular music, I mean, you know, I can't, I still can't, still can't hear Inner Sandman and not yeah. not go there. I can't. It's never, it's never going to happen. You know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and and you'd hear, uh, you'd hear. Uh, Freebird, right away. Every time I hear Freebird, I think Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts are coming down the aisle any minute. I, I the song is never meant that it will never be the same to you. You know what I mean? No, it's it's not going to be a, a a Southern rock song. Now it's a a Southern wrestling song. You know, it's Texas wrestling. It's the Freebirds. It's Atlanta, Georgia, TBS, the Freebirds. You know what I mean? It's, yep. uh, it's your mind gets um, your 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 mind gets tuned into that that mode. You right away uh. To this day, when I hear the drum beat for Iron Man, the bass drum, Bill Ward's bass dump, dump, dump. I expect the Road Warriors to come run out, fall out right behind them, you know? Oh, man. And, yeah, what a great tag team that was. On uh, Yeah. <laughs> There's so many, so many, you know, people that you guys have worked with and been around in this in, in that industry that just, like, I, the fact that I'm on this show with the two of you to begin with, for me, is a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of uh, me geeking out and trying not to geek out and forgetting the things that I was even going to ask. Uh, <laughs> and then to think about the, the guys that you've worked with and, and all the people that have, have been a part of my life uh, uh, growing up and, and even to this day, as far as, you know, watching them on TV and, and uh, being lucky enough to meet a few of them here and there, man. I, uh, you know, it's it's insane to me. I got I, Jerry Lawler. I got to ask matches with Lawler. What was what was that like? I never worked Lawler. I I never worked with Jerry Lawler. Honestly, I never worked with Jerry Lawler. Um, Kevin right. did. Me. Yeah, and that's who I was getting at was was Kevin. I didn't know if he if he was still in the background there or not. So pull no. off the off the uh, video screen. He looked. He was tilting out. He's still and, looking uh, for that whiskey. Is what he's doing. I, <laughs> yeah, my my video screen's frozen, so I can't see anything. So. No, no worries. No, that's. Uh, <laughs> No, it is. It is amazing. That it's it really. It's great to sit with both of you. You know, to be trying bourbons with both of you. We've had Andrew on a number of times on Saturday, and and you know, you we really appreciate um, both of you so much. And uh, Andrew, you were just you had the fury a few weeks ago. You're going to be where next? Where can people be seeing you? 
and maybe they'll be bringing you bourbon because um, now they know you like it. You guys, <laughs> I lost you guys again. Uh -oh. so I was saying, uh, I am. You were saying I was at Fury a few weeks ago. Fury a few weeks ago. Where are you going to be next? Where are we going to well, see you next? 19th, we're in Irving Convention Center again with uh, uh, an SW Fury show. Um, uh, we're back there with Kevin Nash, Bushwhacker. Luke will be guest star, guest guest appearing on it with Kevin Nash. Um, uh, once again, it's 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 just a, a a great wrestling product out there, and you know, uh, run with by Teddy Long, Kevin Sullivan, and uh, and James Beard, uh, and you know, the phenomenal ownership of Tom Lance and 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 Jason Jarrett, Randy Klein, and it's, and, uh, and Kevin Willard running behind the scenes, making all things happen. While you know, the talent is is the talent you know charlie haas the heavyweight champion the 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 tv champion rodney mack the tech champion say, oh my god christy jane is the um the uh, women's heavyweight champion you know it's just it's just an amazing amount of talent that you have moonshine mantel and uh max castellanos one of the biggest feuds in wrestling right now and then you throw in all the other talent you have guys like gangrel you have guys like sabu and just incredible um, Harry Smith, uh, Davey, or, or AKA Harry, Davey Boy Jr. Um, yes. their, you know, appearances. Everybody's been coming, working for us. Um, it's just been a great product and a great, great time and a great ride with them. And uh, I hope it continues. And uh, you know, well, I'm I'm part of the, the Rabbit Empire with Nigel Rabbit, my manager. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens down the road. And uh, as far as who our next opponent's going to be, and uh, just it's it's a tremendous product to be a part of. And uh, you know. Uh, uh, the June 11th and uh, June 12th and 13th, Kevin and I will be at the Riverside, uh, Riverside, River City Wrestling uh, Con in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. RiverCityWrestlingCon.com. Uh, okay. And Steiners and uh, Kane and a bunch of other talent they are going to be there. Uh, it's a packed, stacked uh, convention, and there's wrestling afterwards. And we're doing, a, I think we're doing a couple of Q and A's, and then after that, we have June 19th, SW Fury at the Irving convention center in irving texas and then on the 25th 26th and 27th of june kevin and i are at the showboat in atlantic city for boardwalk <laughs> buds which is the first wow. Very cool. um, legalized marijuana convention in the state of new jersey nice yeah, yeah rob van dam gonna be up there i don't know I, I was thinking that you know why wouldn't rob be there i mean he's the, one of the big proponents of it you know and yeah him and val venus you know sean morley val venus he has his own Smith shop, you know, in, uh, in, in, um, uh, in Arizona. And then also you have somebody like Charles Wright, the Godfather of WWE Hall of Famer. Yeah. So he has his own, his own, uh, um, dispensary and he owns his own bar. He works at, uh, um, the cheetah, the cheetah lounge and that's his bar. And he has his own dispensary in, uh, in Las Vegas. So in uh, Nevada. So, I mean, I can't see why those three wouldn't be there. So, you know, yeah, be, that's a perfect forum for him. It, it, <laughs> that's another one of those things that I still do to this day. Uh, you can ask my wife or my former uh, uh, marketing VP, Jolie Kasperzak. Uh, anytime I win an award, I still do the Rob Van Dam, the whole fucking show thing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there for a little while, I, I told Jolie, we won. I don't even remember what was on. It was, a, it was a gold or a double gold on something. And I was like, I'm just going to walk around with that thing around my neck playing Kurt Angle's music. That's just randomly going to walk out front with Kurt Angle's music on. Hey, that's the way to do it, man. Be proud of yourself. Right. Yeah. So many great places you're going to be. That's 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 amazing. And of course, you can uh, check out uh, on Twitter at Drew the Wrestler. Great place. Go ahead, Alan. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. You're oh, you're good. You're good. I was just going to ask Andrew. Uh, so, with with pro, with the state of professional wrestling being what it is now, um, and obviously most people's exposure on a wider scale is you know the the the, the two bigger companies out there. But it seems like, it seems like to some extent, at least AEW and some of these other places are, are starting to uh, to kind of get back into that territory thing. And yeah. It seems like now is an exciting exciting time, and and so I'm I'm just curious how you feel about the the current state of most professional wrestling out there, and, and where you see it going. Do you think that do you think that there's do you think that those territories are going to continue to develop, and, and things are going to get hopefully more diverse than they've been for a long time? I think already started to develop. I think over over the past few 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 years, I said, uh, like SW Fury is pretty much it's it's considered a Texas based company, so mm -hmm. you can see Texas territory. But there are a lot of companies in Texas, 
you know, but we're, we consider ourselves a, a main player in the business. I mean, with the, we, our attendance alone has matched that of any other company out there right now. Yep. I said, and, and people are saying, oh, it's because people were locked, on lockdown for the pandemic. But I disagree. We're, pro- we're providing a whole different product than what's out there. We're, we're hard-hitting Texas-style wrestling. When we say hard-hitting Texas-style wrestling, we just mean hard-hitting old-school professional wrestling. So we're out there showcasing um, men. We don't look like the paper boy. We yep. have all the flip-floppers. We don't have the guys that weigh 120 pounds doing you – know, but we, 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 you, you look at it, go to an SW Fury show, you're going to see superheroes come into the ring. You know, you're going to see the Hulk, Godzilla, and King Kong, you know, with a little bit of Iron Man and Thor involved in there, too. With oh, them, yeah. You know, and uh, uh, so you, you, you have that aspect of it, um, a, a larger than life aspect. So it, it gives you something to look forward to. Because, I mean, a lot of people go to these conventions now and they see these wrestlers and they. They look like the guy next door, kid next door, the paper boy or something like that. You know what I'm saying? They don't look the, And I, I love it when sometimes they come up to me and they say, hey, you, you, they say, you still wrestling? Man, because you look great. Of course I'm still wrestling. Because I'm not yeah. on ETV or not on AE, uh, uh, AEW or something like that. They wonder if you're still wrestling. You know, but, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, they're not the only companies out there. I mean, independent wrestling is thriving and, 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 um, and, and it's doing really great. And, uh, if you look at it now, AEW is mostly the indie guys. Mm-hmm. They just got a big venue and a, a great big platform to showcase their their wares, their talents, which is phenomenal. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and and I think that there's there's a real hunger for that too, right? So like here in in the Ohio Valley, you know, obviously OVW was was a big a big draw for a long time, and and unfortunately right. in the Ohio Valley, you know. There's there's a few little promotions around here and there, but it's not it's not where it used to be. But I guarantee you that if there was something legit coming through here, people would be all about it. They'd love it. They would eat oh, it up. I, I think it's only a matter of time before SW <laughs> way into into those areas. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, right? there's going to be a resurgence. So they're looking to, to restart uh, um, Florida as a big territory again, which would be great. And, uh, you know, New York, New Jersey has always been a hotbed of wrestling. But, you know, it's, it's a different style of wrestling up, up in New York and New Jersey right now. Yep. I think most guys get noticed in AEW and places like that. You know, um, it's a different style of wrestling from what, what what's being done in Texas to a degree. You know, well, you, Texas has such a such a deep history with pro wrestling to begin with, and then and then you and 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 the guys that you're working with down there, you know, the the background that you guys come from and the talent that you're bringing to the pool, you know, there's 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 real old school dynamics and, 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 and ideas there that I think are awesome because for, I, you know, I think you were, you were partially trained by Nikolai Volkov, right? I mean, that's, I, that's Jimmy Snooker. Yeah. 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 That, see that, that stuff to me is, is awesome, you know, because so, I mean, it's just like with distilling. I mean, you, you can have guys who have those connections to the, to the old school industry and guys that don't have any connection at all, but they have the passion for it. Right. But the the stuff that that you, you that you earned that you learned from those guys, and I'm sure you had to earn their respect to, to to even learn it, even even given your family ties, you still had to earn it. I'm absolutely sure of that. You know, well, listen, you, you learn things from those guys that that you can't find nowadays a lot of times. So, and you're certainly not going to get it from, in my opinion, uh, a, a a large corporate wrestling school. I wouldn't imagine. No, no. No, I, I I did a lot of my a lot of my training on the road. I mean, I, I had the, the fortunate the blessings of being uh, uh, discovered by uh, um, Jimmy Snuka and and who at the time the guy that was that was managing the Metal Maniac Jeff Miller and they brought me to a bunch of great great talented wrestlers uh, in 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 New Jersey uh, at East Coast Pro Wrestling with Gino Caruso, Mr. Italy, and the Kodiak Bear and um, Rocky Jones and Jerry Fazio, the Executioner, and they 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 brought me on the road with them and and. I wouldn't have got hooked up with Nikolai if it wasn't for those guys, you know, and they, 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 Gino actually put me with Nikolai for the first time. Then promoters around the country were seeing this. And then eventually I, you know, I broke away from that because, you know, I mean, the cold war was dead. Nikolai was older and people wanted to see me do things on my own. I wound up doing that as, as myself, as Andrew Anderson. And that's yeah. how I be, you know, that's how I, I, I made my niche in, in, in the wrestling business, you know, I mean, up and down the East coast, I mean, from Florida to Maine and then, you know, going down South in the mid South a lot in, uh, in, in, uh, in, uh, New Orleans now, especially now in, in, uh, Louisiana, which is hot better wrestling. Also, I mean, a great company down there, Gulf state wrestling. I'm going to be there on, on, uh, July 10th and in Florida championship wrestling on July 9th. And, uh, 
you know, the Mid-South is, is, is another rich historical uh, place for professional wrestling where you have the likes of um, Butch Reed and, uh, you know, uh, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, the one-man gang. Uh, God, I can think of uh, Bill Watts and, you know, the whole uh, – Just it was just an unbelievable junkyard dog. Um, it was just a rich history down there. Uh, and, you know, just like Texas, you had the Houston area with Paul Bosch and, you know, you had that whole – the Von Eric area that was run by, by Chris Von Eric in, the, in Texas and everything. And it was just, you know, it was great. Kansas City Kansas City was run by Harley Race. And, you know, you had Detroit run by the original Sheik. And, and you know, it was it, it was just a great, great time. The territories were a great time. That, which reminds me, there's a book by uh, an author, um, uh, God, God uh, called Old School uh, by L.A. Taylor. It's... Um, it's a book by uh, called Old School by L.A. Taylor. It's a fictional novel, but it's a book that's based on the original territories, going all the way to the forties, back all the way to, to to the McMahon era, where it became a, um, a sort of a, a, a monopoly. And it tells the story of back from when wrestling was manipulated by the mob and actually was run and fixed by the mob. You know, yeah. So, to to an area where you know you had you had Toots Month, Vince Senior, you had Paul Bosch, you had uh, um, um, Sam Munchnik, you had all the uh, the Crockett's, you had Eddie Graham in Florida, you had all these different promoters running all these different territories in, uh, in on the East Coast all the way to, to California with um, um, Chicago and Midwest with Vern Gagne, and then you had uh, in in California you had. Um, uh, what was the guy who ran in California? I'm having a brain fart right here. But you had you had all that territories at the Olympic Auditorium. I can't think of his name. But uh, 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 LaBelle and all those guys. And uh, you had Don Owen in Portland. And it, it, so it, it, this, this is – the names have been changed, not necessarily to protect the people, but just to make it more interesting. And some of the stories have been embellished, but it's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty good uh, – it's a real mystery as to who wrote the book. Some people say Jim Cornette wrote it. Some people say – that uh, um, that that that's that uh, Tom Pritchard wrote it, but I I, I know that Tom Pritchard didn't write it because I was with Tom Pritchard when he took a picture holding the book, so it wasn't him. You know, he was right. I love it when you when you said Cornette. You, you I heard a little a little laugh in there. I love Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette's one of the funniest on the planet. I think I listen to his podcast often. He's just great. He's well. He's also he's also one of the greatest minds in pro wrestling. Right up there with with Kevin. Yes. You know, I mean, I mean, Jim Cornette is just, I, I love Jim. I love Jim. And, uh, you know, I love that he just says what he thinks. He, and he's yeah, honest. He's like, no, oh, yeah. no, and he's just, he, if he doesn't like somebody, he says he doesn't like him. And then he tells you why he doesn't like them. And that's, he's in the middle of a little thing with SW Fury with Lacey Von Erich, because Kerry Von Erich's daughter, Lacey and him are getting into it because she has no filter. And the two of them have, have, have sort of, unfiltered each other you know what i'm saying so they yeah going so i find that <laughs> amusing but you know i stay out of all the all this stuff like that but it, it's, it's just it's it's just um per egos clash and personalities yep. you know not necessarily always you know you know see eye to eye but you know but when it comes down to it i think jim is still one of the greatest minds of professional wrestling I agree, and and I I think that the distilling world could greatly benefit from a a, a personality of that that kind of caliber that just that just says things the way that they are. Corny, you know? how about that? Corny, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. What has, has a wrestler ever done a whiskey? I'm trying to think. I know no, there's. I, um, I think reinforcer Andrew Anderson's going to have to do it with Alan. I think you may yeah. have to. I think there's an idea, maybe even a single barrel pick for uh, Andrew. Hey, maybe we could even have a, a wrestling um, a wrestling match outside the distillery. You could probably set up for that, couldn't you, Alan? Pretty cool. Yeah, man, we got a we got a, we've got a a swamp right behind the distillery. We could do a <laughs> we could do a swamp match for sure out there. But yeah, I'd be all about that, man. There's a, and I'll tell you what, if you ever did a single barrel, there's a great group to hook up with. Uh, uh, the NES group is what they're called, and these guys these guys take the um, you, I'm, I'm sure, Tom, you know what I'm talking about, and, and you probably do as well, Andrew, but they, they take the tater sticker to a whole new level. Oh, my God. Uh, so they, they double wax dip everything. They do all these crazy, uh, like, holographic stickers and, and stuff, and uh, they're, they're a lot of fun to work with. They, they pick out – when they came to the distillery a couple weeks ago, 
like I, you know, I do my normal like single barrel thing, take everybody through the flight, and you know, here's the different products, here's the different profiles. And this guy walks over and he's like, Hey man, what's your favorite barrel in here? And I was like, Well, I don't I don't know that I have a favorite one. He goes, What's what's the weirdest thing you got in here? And I'm like, Oh, I can do fucking weird. I got all kinds of weird. <laughs> <laughs> but so they that's picked the one they, uh, they got. Yeah, they yeah, they picked uh the uh, Lee Sinclair that had been aged two years in a new oak barrel. And here's legitimately what happened. It was a mistake. I took it and I put it into a stout beer barrel because I was going to finish it in a beer barrel. And I forgot about it. And I forgot about it for like two years. So I knew it was in there and I kept avoiding it because I was like, oh, man, that's going to be trash by the time I get to it. Right. It was delicious. It was it was probably one of the top 10 barrels I've got in that building. Oh. And that that's the one they took. Wow. So, you know, sometimes mistakes happen and uh, they, they turn out for the better. Yeah, you know? So I, I, I imagine that that's probably true in, in, uh, in the wrestling world, too. I mean, if you, Andrew, if you ever, have you ever, has there ever been anything that's happened to you in, in your career, like where you went out and you, you did something, you know, on, and maybe, maybe it was kind of, kind of scripted or whatever. And then, you know, things happen. So you have to do things on the fly. And maybe in your mind at the time, it seems like, uh, Seems like a botch, but turns out to be, uh, you know, oh, hell, I didn't mean for it to look like that, but that looked good. A lot of, a lot of times, some of the stuff I've done, it's just like I, 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 I've, I've some of the stuff that I thought looked great, you know, uh, turn out looking like monkey shit. And then some of the stuff that I thought looked like monkey shit turn out to be epic. You know, I mean, it's just it's the way it's the way it's perceived by the crowd, not necessarily perceived by you and perceived by the, the, the elders watching your match. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, my elders, you know, they watch the match and they, they, you know, to this day, I'll still come out after a match. I'll look up to somebody like James Beard or Kevin and go, was it any good? Was it all right? Was it okay? They look like yeah. shit. You know, and they'll be like, hey, you did fine. You're fine. I'll be, so always to this day, 26 years later, still looking for criticism, you know, positive, negative, you know, you know, did I do this wrong? Did I do that wrong? You know, I mean, so, but yeah, still trying to learn. Exactly. You know, it's, you never stop learning, right? Yep. Yep. Right. You well, always, always keep on doing that. Master for his 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 going a wall. It just like it looked like his screen was like tilting to the side, and then he was gone. It was like going, 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 gone, and then gone. So I don't think he fell asleep at the wheel. You know, I would have got, but he tried to call me in between here and there. So he must have had some technical difficulty. Look, oh, like it's all right. We were so glad to see Kevin Kevin for a few minutes. Uh, a lot of fun. We're. I'm trying. Are you doing a little lead uh, Sinclair now? Um, Alan, doing a little of that one. Yeah, we can we can talk about it. I you want to uh, talk about it briefly and um, yeah, talk, yeah, because you got so many great things coming up. But again, uh, find these in Indiana, but all over the place. And your website's the place to go to uh, to find to find where they're located, right? Yeah, spiritsoffrenchlick.com. That I know that we we keep at least the Indiana sites on on there. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you right now. I just saw today uh, Westport down in Louisville. Uh, they've got Lee Sinclair in a flight this week. So that's for me, that's like uh, that's like a big deal, you know, being in, in Westport and being a part of that whole thing is 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 awesome. I have this thing every day, Tom, where I wake up and I'm like, do I actually get to do this for a living? <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's is this time. a thing? <laughs> so for years. So the uh, the the Lee Sinclair, that's the uh, that's kind of the flagship bourbon for spirits of French lick, right? So that was um, I started distilling when I was I grew up around it, so I was around it when I was, you know, three, four years old. But it was just, you know, basically sugar shine things like that that my my dad and my grandpa were doing. Um, and you know, I learned what I learned from them. But then when I was about fifteen, I got kind of tangentially interested in drinking for for obvious uh, <laughs> obvious reasons of being underage. And I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying that that's the that's yeah. the way it worked out. Uh, but dad and grandpa wouldn't teach me anything. They refused to tell me anything. They helped me build a little ten gallon still and basically said, you know, don't. Uh, don't blow your ass up outside and bring us something worth drinking when you've got it. And so, you know, I knew that oats were a grain, never realized that they'd ever been used in whiskey in the past. And I'd never seen them use oats in, in whiskey before. So I started throwing oats in the distillations. And then when I was in my mid twenties, I kind of refined that Lee Sinclair Mashville uh, to 60% corn, 17 wheat, 13% oats and 10% caramel malt. And uh, I didn't know at the time that oats had been incredibly popular in, in uh, bourbon in Kentucky, Southern Indiana, Southern Ohio. Uh, and in fact, the oats were oats were the number two crop grown in Kentucky and Indiana all through the 1800s. So they would have been commonly used in farm whiskeys that were made on uh, pot stills as opposed to column stills. And they had a ton of mouthfeel 
to the whiskey. They make it uh, uh, incredibly, give it an incredibly creamy mouthfeel. Uh, that's a, that's an industry term. I'm not sure which industry, but uh, I'm sure it's used in an industry somewhere. You might, uh, you know. Yeah. How bad that bite might be. Right. Um, <laughs> So, so that one I knew was going to be the first one I wanted to get out the door at Spirits of French Lick. And that's named after a, a prominent businessman here in Southern Indiana, originally from Green County, Indiana, uh, the son of a, a merchant mill owner um, in Chicago who moved to Washington County, started a big mill here, became the president and uh, part owner of the New Albany and Salem State Banks, uh, went into business over at French Lick, which is where I'm at. Uh, about an hour away via the railroad, uh, bought a hotel over there. French Lick has been known for, for even at that time, probably 50, 60 years as sort of a, um, a, a place with special groundwater, uh, you know, that, that has a lot of healing properties. And so he built a ho or he bought a hotel there. It burnt down a couple of years later. He was going to get out of the business. His daughter talked him into staying in the business because he loved and he loved her more than he loved anything. So. He decided he'd rebuild this place. Uh, he called it the Carlsbad of America. He traveled all over Europe. He was a descendant of the Scottish Sinclairs. And so he knew a, a new thing or two about um, about the occult and about, you know, upscale entertainment and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so he got that up and going, largest freestanding dome in the world until the Superdome was built. Uh, at the time, he was told that it couldn't be built. He went from engineer to engineer until he found this guy that was in his 20s had never engineered anything before. And he was like, I can do this. They, uh, they made it happen. So, you know, Sinclair and I are basically from the same town. We ended up working in the same town. Our distillery is right across from the uh, the West Baden Dome, and we're on Sinclair Street. So we had to name it after him. And uh, as a little little nod to Kevin Sullivan's uh, Prince of Darkness, you got to abide by the spirits. Uh, <laughs> Sinclair and uh, all these people that we name stuff after. We always, nobody gets bottles one through three. So bottle number one always goes to the grave site. Uh, Sinclair's got a, um, got a mausoleum in Salem, Indiana. And so he has bottle number one of the two year old Sinclair in his mausoleum and bottle number one of the bottled and bond Sinclair in his mausoleum. Cause I don't want him standing at the foot of my bed in the middle of the night and being like, what the hell? Where's my bourbon? Yeah. 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 He named it after me. Where's mine? Exactly. Where's mine? <laughs> so this is, uh, this is delicious too. I mean, these are both, uh, such incredible releases. Um, if you now let's just say, um, I drank my Lee Sinclair, and I say, love say that again. I drank my Lee Sinclair. I you drank it. So here's the thing, Kevin. Somehow he's he he fell off early. His bottles are gone weeks ago. You have <laughs> one bottle left. What does that tell you about us? About you all? About all of us? It means you have one bottle left. Yeah, well, I, I it. it's one bottle that's already open, and I'm continuing it. You know. <laughs> I opened it today just for the show. I like it, man. I'm glad well, you just, glad everybody like, uh, in their own time. I really am. Just like a, a proper mistress, I'm no longer allowed to uh, to bring Maddie Gladden into this house because I enjoy it too much. So it's, Oh, uh, really? You, so you you can't even bring it in? No, no. It's it, listen, I can't I can't afford to miss work like that. <laughs> just uh <laughs> just throw, I'll just throw that out there. You know. I can't open a bottle of Maddie and it not become a party somehow. Oh so. yeah, blame you. It's, it's just right. It seems strange having it on a on a on a Wednesday night right now, sitting mm -hmm. here on a bourbon blog. I'm used to doing bourbon blog on a Saturday night, and uh, after the bourbon blog, I usually get myself quite pickled because of Tom Fisher. Yes. Yeah. Tom has a, Tom has a, the ability to do that somehow. He, yeah, uh, it's a very subtle. It's like my wrestling move. I can kind of get you into it and you keep drinking. Old Dean right. Martin, he's going to a cream, he, with cream soda because he keeps a straight face the whole time. He's very, uh, he's very sly about it. Almost, uh, almost, uh, you know, Owen Hart prankster in nature. Like you, you don't, you don't, you don't expect him to, to, to do, to do to you what he's going to do. And then when it happens, you're like, damn it, I fell for it again. It happens. It, it, and in the process, it happens to me, too. That's that's the beauty of it. It does. Right. <laughs> Tom, you ever find yourself in a position where, because uh, I've done this many times on podcasts, for better or worse, uh, where where you you know that you're drunk and you're just really trying to hold it together until it can be over with? Uh, <laughs> have you ever, you ever been there? Well, I mean, over the years, I probably on camera have, have gotten better and better at it, but it's, it's happened a few times. Yeah. I mean, early days of, 
of, of picking out single barrels, you know, you know, when I first started this, having no idea how much the proof would creep up on me. I look at that video and I'm like, wow, that was really affecting me. But I've gotten better, but it still happens, especially if I have like six or seven things to try, then it gets crazy. That happened to me we just just about four months ago, five months ago. I did a, a horror uh, horror blog for horror movies. I've been on a few horror movies over the years, and and they had me on this uh, this blog, this podcast, and and they're they're I'm doing this interview, and as, as the interview is going on, I, I'm already sloshed into the interview because I, I forgot about it, and I was out with with everybody in the yard, and we're we're having I must have had about five, six, seven glasses of wine, a couple of shots. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm drinking during the show, and I realize, how am I going to freaking do this thing? I'm piss-ass drunk, you know? But it was the best interview I probably ever gave. It was hysterical. It was so, I've it was, done that before. Like where I've had, that where I've had somebody on, and I've been like, they'll, you know, we're, we're matching each other drinking, you know, not, not on purpose or anything. But then I'll notice that they're starting to, like, slur their words, and then I get real self-conscious about it. I'm like, Surely to God, I'm not that drunk yet, am I? How did I just say that? Yeah, like Ace yeah. Friendly when Kiss was on Tom Snyder, you know, on the Kiss was on mm -hmm. the Tom Snyder show. That was that was Ace Frehley's coming to coming coming uh coming to you know into an of himself his moment when everybody realized not only can the guy talk but he can he's funny as hell, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, you start letting things slip a little, you know, and, and <laughs> it, was it was great, you know. I mean, it was hysterical and. You know, I mean, that's that's just what it is, and that's how it was with me when I did that one podcast. I think I did one podcast with you, Tom, where where it was obvious that I was kind of sh uh, shit faced, and Maddie was having his way with me. You know, and Maddie and right, uh, right. Sanj Patel from uh, Sanj <laughs> Shop. You know, he was it was with his uh um the the what do you call it the the what was it called the um the smoking cock uh, uh oh smoking. yeah the uh, yeah the something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he was smoking it and uh, he was like. It would, that was funny as hell, you know. I mean, I think James Beard was like appalled on it. He was like, he was like, hell, it's the dirtiest podcast he's ever been on. And bourbon blogs usually so classy, and all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> yeah, drag Maddie through the gutter when Maddie's not even drinking, you know. But it was great. Assange is a hell of a character to have on there. Oh, wow. yeah. it's so much fun to have you guys, and I can't wait to hopefully very soon, Andrew. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Alan and I both will bring. Uh, some of uh, some great whiskey backstage to one of the wrestling events. I think that would yeah, be man. I think I gotta, get to, I gotta get to Texas anyways because it's everything's going crazy in Texas with the whiskey. Yeah. So Listen, I think I think there's no reason why we can't arrange something that um, that a uh, French Lick Winery has uh, or French Lick Spirits has a table at one of the SWE shows. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so, I'll be all about that. You, you'll never see me at the table is a problem, man. I'll be. Well, no, you'll be at the table <laughs> with me having a, having a drink and an intermission. And uh, hopefully my match will be will, will have been done because I, I don't drink before I wrestle. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, but. um we'll, Save it for the end. Yeah, at the end, we'll, we'll have an after party at the end. So oh, yeah. let's let's definitely explore that. I'd love to do something, Alan, and, and to, to help. Uh, Bring the spirits of French Lick and some great whiskey and fun education to the, the wrestlers. Give them a nice, like, end-of-the-day thing. Now, let's just say that Lee Sinclair comes in, uh, you know, into the auditorium as the wrestler, right? What's Lee Sinclair's entry music, and who does Lee fight? Oh, man, I, I'll tell you what. I don't, I, don't, I don't think Lee's the wrestler. Here's what I think. I Isn't think Lee is uh, – Lee, yeah, Lee. Lee is a maybe he's Maddie's manager, or maybe he's an Eric Bischoff character. Maddie's, right? Maddie comes in. Yeah, yeah. And Maddie's, Maddie's, Maddie's. Her her whole promo gimmick is that she doesn't wrestle women. She refuses to wrestle women. It's all men. No, she wrestles bears. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you got and you got to have some kind of like. Uh, I don't know intro music. You got to do like Lacuna Coil or something like that. You know. <laughs> I like it. I like it, guys. It was it was a fun. It yeah, was a it's, it's so yeah. fun to have you on, Andrew and Alan. Both we really appreciate both of you guys being on Bourbon Blog Live. No, thank you guys and, and Andrew. I look forward to meeting you, and we'll definitely make it down there, man. Because I I'm all about it, but man. Yes, Alan, you have my information. You have my phone number, right? I think I do. If I don't, I will. I I'll make sure I, we're all connected. Just message yes. me. And yeah. we'll talk, we'll I'll talk. make sure we're all connected, Andrew. Okay. And, and thank you guys, both of you, so much. Thanks, everybody, for watching. 
take this video, like it, reshare it. Uh, we're going to put this up on our uh, our YouTube channel as well, anchor.fm forward slash bourbon blog. Hey, hey, it's Wednesday, it's whiskey, and it's wrestlers, the three W's. Love it, guys. And remember, come What's check out fury.com and uh, July 19th, uh, June 19th at the uh, Irving, Texas, the Irving Convention Center. SW Fury will be live and in action on pay-per-view. And uh, also uh, at the River City Wrestling Con in Jacksonville, Florida on the uh, 12th and 13th. And then again at Boardwalk Buds, June 25th, 26th, 27th in Atlantic City at the Showboat. Guys, thank you so much. Alan. Thanks, Andrew. Love Thanks, Alan. Please love no, you. Thank you, guys. Take love care, guys. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much, Alan. This was a hell of a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It was